Hello, this is Windigo, and I'm submitting an episode about surviving a road trip. For you see, I have had many opportunities to develop some survival techniques for very long journeys. In early 2013, me and my girlfriend took a road trip that ended up spanning 8,890 miles, or 14,307 kilometers, or 563,270,400 inches, you know, whatever metric you like, and um, allowed us to see the United States a little bit more. We were looking for a place to settle down, uh, and couldn't really agree on what climate or area that we both could agree on. So we took a whirlwind tour of the entire U.S. and ended up settling on Northern California, but that is neither here nor there. Um, This episode is about surviving trips like that. So for a little background, um, my girlfriend and I have been in a long-distance relationship up until a year ago. Um, We've known each other for nine years, and that means for eight of it, I was driving back and forth to Massachusetts, where she lived, which is four hours from my previous home. And then, a couple years ago, my girlfriend moved to Arizona to take a teaching position in a very rural town in southern Arizona, and that required driving across the country with all of her belongings in a 10-foot U-Haul, which was a little bit of an adventure. I had never driven that far before. We had never done anything like that. I'd never driven a vehicle like that. And, uh, but we made it. We made it to her destination in time for her to start school. And that was the beginning of my realization that I would be driving an awful lot for the rest of my life. So, these these techniques that I've developed are really more of a survival guide for me, but I think they could be handy for anyone else who also drives a decent amount of distance, either regularly or just on these special trips. Anyways, I've split these recommendations into a couple categories. I think I'm going to do one per episode, so today will be navigation, and I'll cover the rest in another another episode or two. These different categories are navigation, power or electricity, internet, and food. All of these different aspects are very important when you're traveling on the road quite a bit, and um, I think that's a good way to split up the series. So, to begin with, let's start with navigation. Navigation, of course, covers just getting yourself to and fro to different destinations. I am particularly fond of a GPS. They automatically calculate your route. Um, They do audible directions, which is invaluable when you don't know where you are and you need to keep your eyes on the road. But... GPS will really only take you so far, so you need to know a couple things in addition to the pre-programmed routes and how to um, follow directions. I have the, the envious position of having a good navigator because my girlfriend does not drive. This might 
add a little bit of background to why I became so good at taking long long drives. She doesn't drive herself um, for very good reasons, I might add. But that leaves most of the travel to me. She does not drive, but she's an excellent navigator. Usually, when we're in the car, she will be working the GPS, and if we need to make an exception or take a side trip, she's the one who sets that up. It makes a huge difference if you're not trying to fiddle with things while trying to get one way or the other. Also, whether you have a navigator or not, you should definitely know how to operate your GPS. This this covers just planning a normal route where you set the destination and go to it. This covers things like alternate routes. So, for instance, when we were in Louisiana, there was a bridge closing. So we needed to figure out how to get our GPS to tell us how to go to where we were going without using that bridge. Um, Finding food can be done with your GPS. Um, It's an excellent way to be able to locate things in an area you're unfamiliar with, as long as you know how to operate it. Another very important factor in using a GPS are the maps that you use. There's been a couple HPRs about updating your GPS maps. I think in particular there was a Garmin episode, which is great for me because I happen to own a Garmin GPS. So keeping your maps up to date could be the difference between getting stuck in a construction zone or five-mile-an-hour traffic and being on your way. Also, there are things like toll information programmed into a GPS, which is very important if you don't want to pay an arm and a leg. One thing that we discovered on our trip is that the Northeast is just absolutely bonkers when it comes to tolls. We ended up hopping on a toll road and paid almost $30 in tolls, and that could have easily been avoided if we had set up our GPS to do that. Also, in the mid-East Coast region, there's an entire several-mile-long bridge that ends up being $20 if you want to cross it. So that would have been at least important to know if we weren't prepared for that sort of thing, because... It's very difficult if you just don't have that kind of money to to back out. You can't turn around, really. It's um, I don't even know what would happen if you didn't have the toll that they were requesting. So either make sure that you have that kind of money on hand if you don't care about paying tolls, or you can set up your GPS to avoid any tolls such as that. Well, a GPS will automatically take you a bunch of different places if you give it a route and specify a destination or something like that. But it's also very important to be able to use your GPS as a map. Or if you don't have a GPS, just use a normal map. Um, One of the best functions of a GPS is just telling you you are here on a specific map of an area so that you can route yourself. Um, You don't necessarily have to have the GPS speaking, turn right, turn left, as long as you know where you are in the general vicinity and where you're going or where you'd like to go, you can get a lot out of just using your GPS as a locator and having it tell you where you are, what road you're on, which direction you're going. I even use it to keep an eye on my speed limits because speeds change pretty rapidly in some areas 
and I don't always catch the signs. But if I look down at my GPS every once in a, in a while, every five minutes or so, it will actually color the speed red if you're going over the speed limit because it has your current speed because it's the GPS and they can calculate things like that. But it will have the speed limit as well. And that's very important if you're on an unfamiliar highway and a lot of local police officers love catching tourists. Um, I grew up in a tourist town and would always see some pe- someone with a foreign plate pulled over to the side of the road. Why anger the locals when you can just grab somebody from out of town? So if you don't want that to be you, make sure to at least stay within 5 miles of the speed limit. 5 or 10 would be great, but 5 miles if you can. Now, it's not exactly related to GPS, but it might be integrated with your GPS if you're using a phone for navigation. Um, Cameras. This isn't really enough to be on its own as an episode, so I'm just going to toss it in here. It's like it's like a bonus. Congratulations, HPR. Here's some crap about cameras. So, I like to take pictures on my vacations. It's good to have a memory to associate with a trip, or you can show people. People love seeing trip pictures. But if you're driving, taking pictures is not always a simple affair. Um, I have a quick, easy shot camera that doesn't doesn't require like manual at focus or anything, but it's very difficult to get a shot off when you're driving at 65, 75 miles an hour. So one of the things I do is I keep my camera on landscape mode, or actually it has a um, adaptive filter that will always um, take the right kind of macro. But that's I don't tend to use that. It kind of messes things up if I'm pointing at something um, and a reflection from the inside of the cabin gets in the way. So I usually just set it to landscape and leave it because that's what I'm doing. I'm taking pictures of landscapes. So I have that set on my camera and I have my camera accessible because if I see something, I don't want to say, oh, I'd love to get a picture of that, but I have to get my camera out of the bag or out of its holster. And sometimes, if I'm in a particularly beautiful area, I'll get my camera ready because I know something's going to come up or I want to get a picture of the landscape. So I'll just keep it powered on and then snap a shot every 30 seconds or so. There's a lot you can do to reduce the delay between seeing something and taking a picture. Again, if you have the benefit of having a navigator, they are also built-in photographers if they feel like it. So they will often get the better pictures or be able to take pictures of things that you don't see because you're concerned about the road details, which you should be, because obviously a road trip really doesn't go very well if you crash partway through. I'm going to throw in one additional GPS trick um, that I have not tested myself. Uh, Usually when we have our GPS, it is sitting precariously somewhere in between the two seats up front, which puts it kind of on the parking brake and doesn't really balance well. So my last GPS trick or tip is to get one of those mounting brackets. Most GPS come with them. They mount right onto your windscreen or windshield, whatever you call it, and it keeps your GPS in visible range without being 
off to the side or taking your eyes off the road as much as as it would be if you keep it lower in the car. So I'm going to dust off my mounting bracket and make sure that my GPS is visible and easy to glance at instead of what usually happens where I have to look straight down into the car and then look up and make sure I'm not crashing into someone in front of me. So just make your GPS as convenient to use and view as possible. They're really, really handy, and it's, it's made travel so much easier having this little automated computer that will direct me where I'm going. Um, I'd also recommend checking into Pokey's episodes on GPS because there's probably a whole world of do-it-yourself and GPS modifications that I do not know about because I've only had the one. I think Pokey and whoever else has done an episode on GPSs recently um, probably know a lot more than I do about using the devices and just the devices themselves. So you might be able to glean some extra tips off of them. But um, I don't think I would go anywhere without one at this point. It's just too handy to have a dynamic map that tells you exactly where you are, wherever you are. So that's all for this episode. Um, Let's see. Next episode, I think I'm going to cover electronics. So power, internet, those aspects of the trip. Because I don't know about the rest of Hacker Public Radio, but that's very, very important to me. So until then, make sure to submit your own episode. We're running a little bit light on HPR episodes right now, and um, quite frankly, I don't want to listen to me. I would much rather listen to the episode you're planning. So send it in, make uh, Ken Fallon and NY Bill happy, or else they'll be after you. Um, And that's everything. So this has been Windigo. If you need to contact me, um, podcast at fragdev.com works. Or you can hop, hop on StatusNet. I'm at Windigo. Or there's a comment section on the HPR website. So that should that should give you several options to uh, contact me and tell me that I am completely wrong in the way I travel. So until then, this is Windigo signing off. No, it isn't. I forgot a tip. I just wanted to append this to the recording because this is an important one that we found multiple different times on our long road trip. Turns out that GPS are not 100% reliable. So, for instance, we were just approaching one of our hotels, and our GPS told us to take a left instead of going into the hotel. So we said, okay, why not? So we took a left, and then another left, and then another left, and then we were back at the hotel, and we had just been driven in a circle by a computer. So a very important aspect of using a GPS is to know when not to use a GPS. Because sometimes one of the calculation goes awry, and you end up going in a direction that really is not the right way to go. For instance, for instance, at our Louisiana Bridge mishap, where we had to reroute around a closed bridge, our GPS ended up taking us down some very, very rural roads. I mean, not paved rural roads, which is fine if you're into that kind of thing, but mostly it was just a big hassle. So if you see your GPS taking you to weird places that you don't think makes any sense, you might want to second guess it. 
there's all sorts of different stories in the news about GPS units driving its owners off of a bridge, and hopefully nobody's that dumb. But um, just know when to be skeptical about your GPS. If you've been traveling on the same highway for 100 miles and it tells you to take a left into a tiny little town for no reason, you can probably stay on the highway. Um, There's been a couple different cases where we've just had to ignore our GPS and keep on persevering when it it just doesn't make any sense what they're trying to tell us. So if it's trying to take you off into dead-end towns, or if it's trying to take you onto teeny, tiny little roads, just second-guess it. You know, take a look at the map, see if that makes any sense, and ignore it if it doesn't. So that's that's really all. Um, I look forward to hearing everyone else's HPR episodes. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by a HPR listener like yourself. If you ever considered recording a podcast, then visit our website to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club. HBR is funded by the Binary Revolution at binrev.com. All Binrev projects are proudly sponsored by Lunar Pages. From shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to lunarpages.com for all your hosting needs. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike 3.0 license.